Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of Infinitely Prefer a Book. Today, I'm chatting with my friend Malin about the book Still Life by Louise Penny. So, Malin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Malin and I met when we were both in college. Um, I had this habit of moving to a new apartment um, with a whole new set of roommates every school year. Kind of crazy. And so, Malin and I lived together during my junior year. And was it your freshman year? Yeah, like freshman first semester. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And so, and in fact that you're, so my husband and I credit Malin and her husband for actually getting us together. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. When you were engaged or you were dating, I guess, still. Oh, Um, you know, I can't remember the timeline, but Mike and I always say like, so Catherine and I were roommates and then Mike and John were roommates so Catherine and I, like, married roommates. Like, we said – but I think Mike and I started dating first. But I think I – I can't remember if I knew you and John. I, I can't remember, like, when we all met and when it all happened. But yeah, this is well, true story. Yeah, it was, yeah. So <laughs> I think the last time that I saw you was probably right before I graduated. Um, and then I got married a month later. You had been married for a little while. Oh, um, Because yeah. – yeah, because you got married that same school year that we, right after we lived together, then you got married. I know it was crazy, and I still die over that. I was eighteen. I was just thinking the other day, like Briley's going to be eighteen in eight years. She cannot get married. Like, what were we <laughs> thinking? Like you and John were very responsible. <laughs> yeah, we waited till we were twenty-two. Well, I was twenty-two. John was twenty-six, but much still. older. Oh yeah, and you know, Mike wasn't eighteen. Mike is six years older than me, so. I was the young, crazy one, but it all worked out for all of us. Yeah, I'm glad. It doesn't always do that, so right? we were lucky. Um, so we've, I guess we've occasionally connected on Facebook, maybe, or Instagram, and maybe I've occasionally texted. I've stalked you for years, Catherine. I know. I, I'm a good stalker, but I'm so bad about reaching out, as my Same listeners here. know. Um, so tell me a little bit. What does your life look like now? My life? Okay. Um, it's actually really different right now. So I used to, I didn't graduate from college because I got married and then like had kids and then I don't really like school. So I didn't do that, which is fine, but I've always wanted to be like a business owner and everything. So I did that for a while. I ran a store and I did the blogging thing. And a while ago, I just decided that I didn't want any of that in my life. So I quit everything. And now I'm just a like professional stay-at-home mom and I garden and I just have like crazy kids, but they all go to school now. So I just read during the day and go to Chick-fil-A and garden. <laughs> That's my life that right now. Like, that sounds like an awesome life. <laughs> you know what? It's really good right now. I wonder when it's going to have to change though. I feel like I can't milk this forever, but for right now, for the next year or so, I'm just going with it. I think that's great. I mean, I'm, I've always been so proud of you and like your, cause you had this huge Instagram following and all this stuff and it was really exciting. So <laughs> oh, I think that's sweet. really awesome. I've that always you did admired that. that's like you huge. and your academics and your brain. Catherine, <laughs> no, you guys probably don't know this about Catherine. No, you probably do just from talking to her. She's the smartest person I've ever known. And we were living together. Can I tell my first memory of you, Catherine? Sure. Is that appropriate? That's <laughs> Do you appropriate. remember what it is? <laughs> I have an inkling it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> the dishwasher? Yes. My, first, <laughs> my first memory of Catherine, it's probably the first like week that we lived together. And we were, um, I was loading the dishwasher in our apartment. And Catherine came over and she was like, what are you doing? Like, you're loading it wrong. Like, the dishes won't get clean if you load it like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't like I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I didn't know there was like a certain way to do it. And Catherine showed me how to properly load a dishwasher so all the dishes got clean. And she was like, My dad's a biologist, like I know all about germs and stuff. <laughs> I was just really pretentious. It was no, I, it was the best. It's it oh, like was it, it's not a bad memory at all. It's like so like I'm sure I did crazy stuff like that all the time. One of our other roommates has so many like hilarious stories jessica uh hawks oh has yeah so many funny stories about like stupid stuff that i said not that your thing was stupid but i'm just like why did i say that but we were like 18 so but that's like <laughs> it's my most like endearing like i love that though about you like from the get-go and you and i were always like close and hanging out and we were always at school but <laughs> i was always at school that's right no you <laughs> that's my favorite like first catherine memory <laughs> well, that's funny and i love it yeah uh, my first memory of you, oh, I had like just walked in the door and no one was home and the <laughs> phone rings. And so like, this is like, I had like had my suitcase with me. I was like, oh, it's my new apartment. And then the phone rings and it's like, 
hey, is Malin there? Says guy. And I'm like, um, no. <laughs> I'm back with sure. landlines. Like landline in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, hey, this is my apartment. I'll answer the phone. And he's asking for you. And so like it was some boy. And I remember I just wrote on your like your board because we had a yeah. board, like these whiteboards where we leave messages for each other. And you already had a space up there. So I just wrote, hey, like so and so called you and I can put a smiley face by it because I was like I wonder who it was I don't don't even remember (laughs) I don't remember who it was I in my memory it's Mike like your husband but I I don't think it was that special (laughs) yeah I don't know that's so funny Catherine that takes me back I can picture everything in that apartment right now and that board and oh we had so many good times I know, and we we you um, wallpapered our dorm like the the living room wall. Oh, it was so ugly. (laughs) We thought it was so cool, and like it was such a good idea, and everyone started copying us. What we used was like gift wrap paper. It was like walls, like dark green and striped. And then, do you remember? I went to um, were you with me? Like we went to uh, Goodwill and bought like the biggest, ugliest antique lamp. And put it in the corner. And I'm so sad. Like, I don't know why I didn't keep it. It was a cool slant. I would have it in my house right now if I had it. But yeah, those were the days. That was so fun. I love that. Thanks for taking me back. That's the best. (laughs) That's really great. Oh, well, it sounds like, um, so you've become a full-time stay-at-home, work-at-home mom. Just kind Um, of living, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, I think like, so when I moved here um, to where we're going to, my husband's going to medical school. So we moved here a year ago and I kind of had been doing all this like volunteer work where we were living before. And I took at least a year off of that. And I still kind of, I'm not really going back. I mean, I'm taking more than a year off, but I think there's just something about whenever you're in transition, taking Mm -hmm. that time for yourself to like really reset. So I'm glad you're doing that. Oh, for sure. Well, and I'm excited. Okay, I have to have this too. I remember when you guys first, you're in Missouri, right? When you first moved back to St. Louis, didn't you guys, you were like on this like go green kick and you got rid of your car and you and John biked everywhere. Is that like, that's right, right? Yeah, that was like, we had been in, we had been married for like two or three years. Yeah. And we had, um, yeah, we got rid of our car for like three and a half years. We didn't get it. We bought a house before we bought a car. Are you serious? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember being like jealous when I would see your posts and I'd be like, oh my gosh, what's it like to not have a car payment? I thought that was so cool. Yeah, and how brave awesome. of you. Like, I don't know how biking works like on the real road. Like I would have been a hit. Like it go was, you. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things. John thinks I'm crazy when I talk about this. And maybe it was just like my upbringing, but I felt so powerful every time I would like ride my bicycle, especially if like if I rode a new route that I'd never done before. I was like, that's right. That was my body. I got here on like, my you. own power. It was really awesome. Were you ever afraid though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time, and just because we're talking about this, I'll say my, the first time we... um we got rid of our car like before we really had a plan. We, uh-huh. we sold it. And one of the first things we wanted to do was take this bike safety class that was at this park that wasn't that far away, but it was like kind of far away. It was, it was mm-hmm. only like supposed to be like a 25 minute ride or something. But of course it took me like an hour, <laughs> but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go here. And like, I rode my bike up there and like, I didn't exactly plan for all the different roads. And I was on this like really like four lane, oh like city, goodness. like, road like, was, like, on the shoulder and Are I'm you wearing like, a helmet I was wearing a helmet of course <laughs> of course Malin. Oh, and so I was funny. just it was just like what did I do but anyway it's I miss it I don't write as much here um I I make myself a lot of excuses for not writing much here but we do have a trail behind our apartment so just take your I like pepper spray I'm really on this like murder like podcast murder stories thing and <laughs> Catherine on a bike like Catherine just take your your mace wear your helmet <laughs> be careful <laughs> you're so brave That's I would funny. never in a million years ride anywhere on a bike by myself ever <laughs> it's it's really empowering you should try it sometime maybe oh. I don't know okay and if I get murdered will you do a podcast and solve it for me yes I, I will investigate it I promise <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> Anyways, I have a question for you, though, real quick. I want to ask this before yeah. I forget. How did you come to pick your list of books that you wanted to read? I was so curious about it. Um, So I have uh, a running TBR list, a to-be-read to be list mm-hmm. that I keep on goodreads.com. And I was like, okay, I kind of wanted to 
just like get sort of a like a few different types of books um mm-hmm. I was trying to think like could I line up certain books with like different seasons because I do that a lot of times when I read Ooh, that's clever um but then I was like but I need people to write like read with me and really they just need to choose what they want to read but it mm-hmm. worked out perfectly that you chose both the book and the and the month and yes. like they, they were like perfectly matched I was it like, was oh, this is perfect. magical I loved it well it's funny because I was looking through the different books and I really, I'm all about the murder mystery. I love murder mysteries. So when I clicked on this one and it was like, small town murder, I was like, yep, that's the one. And I <laughs> loved it. It was so good. Let's, so one more thing before we start talking about the book. Um, you said, you know, so it sounds like you find time to read during the day when your kids are at school. Is that right? Yes. Is that your, is that your best reading time? Yes. They all go to school. They're all, my older ones are in elementary school. My youngest goes to preschool. So a few times a week, I've got a few hours just for me to read. And I read a lot at night too. I am all about um, reading physical books. I love the smell of books. I like to hold a book, but I have a really hard time sleeping. And I, everyone's like, well, try to read at night. And I was really against it on my phone, but I downloaded the Libby app. My librarian Mm -hmm. told me about it and I felt so cool, like hanging out with the librarian for the day. And she taught me how to use this app. (laughs) And I lay in bed a lot when I can't sleep. And I scroll through and could read my books and like not have a light on and not wake anybody up not anybody Mike um but it's so (laughs) (laughs) anyways I yeah so I spend a lot of time reading at night and just when the kids are at school and when I stir like noodles on the stove that's like perfect reading on the phone time (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah I I was also opposed to the ebook situation a few years ago but but it is super nice to not have to have a light because you, mm-hmm. you can make like have a dark mode where you have like a, a back black background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you can like rent library books at midnight whenever you want. Like if you right. just want to get a new book, it's just right there. So I have to say I totally agree. I did that the other day and it was actually amazing. I ran on my book in the middle of the night and I learned about this cool thing. Oh, okay. I You know the author James Patterson? Mm-hmm. I, he, I guess he writes this big series. They're called Book Shots. I guess there's a lot of them and they're just tiny little like they're all under 150 pages. So you can just read them like in a night. Oh. And so I didn't know that's what I accidentally got until I got it. And it said that. And I was like, this is amazing. And I read it like from like 12 to 1.30 in the morning. And it was the best. That so, sounds interesting. I know. You should try one of those. It was refreshing. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want something to like do for an hour or two. But you don't right? necessarily want to get involved in like a giant 600 page book. Right. Book shots. Still Life by Louise Penny is the first in a series that centers around Chief Inspector Armand Gamache of the Sûreté du Québec, basically the police force of Quebec. Gamache is called to investigate a suspicious death of an elderly community member, Jane Neal, in the small village of Three Pines, Quebec. In this story, we meet many characters in the village and learn more about their motivations Um, as Gamache works to unravel their secrets and the relationships and connections of the villagers in order to determine what would drive someone to murder. As a reminder, this will be a spoiler-full conversation, so proceed with caution. So one of the things you and I were talking about as we were texting and preparing for this was this was set in Quebec, which is like French-Canadian mostly like French and English people mixing them together in Mm -hmm. Canada. Um, And we were like, how do we say all these French words? So you (laughs) had a friend, I guess, or somebody. Yeah. So I was so like, I, I skim read a lot. Like I just read really quickly. So a lot of times I don't take time to pronounce the name right. Like I just like memorize it in my head. And when I see it, I don't even like, like say it in my head all the time. Is that, is that normal or weird? Yeah, I I think that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) So I just like made up how to say these and all of them. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on Catherine's podcast and I'm going to sound like an idiot trying to say all these names. And like I've seen... Along with me. Well, I feel like (laughs) offensive, like trying to like have a French accent. Like I don't. Like I'm American (laughs) and I only speak English. And so I was like, I don't want to be offensive, but I should learn. So I reached out to some of my friends on Instagram. I'm like, surely someone is a French expert. Sure enough, the girl that reached out to me has a degree in French. And oh my so goodness. Her name was Brittany Tinsley. And uh, she sent me this, um, I texted to you today. It was like ways, like the like a few quick pointers for how to speak French. 
and it was so helpful. So I think I got all the names down where I don't sound too stupid, but I might say I'm wrong sometimes. So I'm sorry. All right. So it says, so one of the names of the book is spelled like Oliver kind of, but it's Olivier. And then it's read like spelled like Beauvoir, but it's pronounced Beauvoir. Anyway, so she told me that the way that I was saying all those ones was correct. But then she said, there was one that was Yolanda and she said, it's just Yolan. But her rules were, if a word or name ends in a vowel, all of the consonants before it are pronounced. Two, if a French word ends in C, R, F, or L, like the letters in careful, the final letter is pronounced. If the word ends with another letter, the final letter is silent. So she gives a couple examples. She said, this is my favorite one. I told her I was going to say this word all the time and it feels so fancy. So she said... Um, it's read like pamplemousse, <laughs> but she said you say it pomplemousse, pomplemousse, and then because um, it ends with an e. And then for Paris, you would say Paris because you don't pronounce the final s. Anyways, she said, I don't know if that helps or confuses you more, but I hope it makes sense. And of course, there are exceptions to every rule, and French likes to be confusing, but generally, those rule those rules will hold true. So that kind of helped me today with some of the names. Did that help you? Yeah, it, it did. I was like, oh my goodness. And I thought too, I was like, oh my gosh, French is so complicated. And I'm always a little bit intimidated by French because it just doesn't seem to follow any of the phonetic rules that I know. <laughs> um, I remember I used to read a lot of Agatha Christie novels mm -hmm. and there's um, Poirot or I think that's how you say his name. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his first name, um, <laughs> but he's like, this that's like one of her series that she writes and i remember i bought a french english dictionary um oh, you're like, dedicated when i was like in high school you know before like google translate <laughs> of existed. course you did Catherine. <laughs> of course i did did you bring it, it to college, college? <laughs> i did because <laughs> i don't know you never know when you need a french english dictionary okay well, like, <laughs> perfect <laughs> anyway of course but like i was like okay i'm gonna use this when i read the Agatha the Christie novels, but I never did. And I just yeah. I still feel intimidated by it. So in the beginning of the book, there is a quote by Auden. Um, it says, evil is unspectacular and always human and shares our bed and eats at our table. Um, what did you think? Do you remember that part of the book? It was the very beginning. Yes, I do remember. Uh, what did I take away from that kind of? Yeah. Basically that everyone we know is a creeper. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I was just like, I, well, and they say like most crimes are committed by people that are close to you, like like serious crimes, right? Right. Um, I mean, the first person they suspect in a murder is the spouse. Yeah. So I just took it as like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. what about you? What did you think? Yeah, I just thought, you know, evil is just kind of always, I mean, we like everybody has the propensity to be evil if they choose that or that's kind of what I was thinking. And we're just, no one's really far removed from having the capacity to do terrible things. I mean, maybe not murder someone, hopefully, but still like, you know, our best, like our best selves and our worst selves aren't always that far away. Right. Well, and I like that you said that too, because I feel, I used to feel like, uh, you know, there's good people and there's bad people and there's kind of some people in between, but they have their limits. But I've had so many experiences in my life, not that I've like murdered anyone or anything, but like in the last like few years, I've just seen so many things and had so many interactions with people that I'm like, I think anyone is capable of anything. Like you don't know what's going to set someone off or what the circumstances always are, but I have a hard time trusting people because I'm just like, anyone could do anything, <laughs> which isn't yeah. like a super good way to live, but <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's maybe a more realistic way, right? Yeah, right? I could see where that could come. I don't in. go biking by myself, Catherine. <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, um, yeah, that's what I got from it. Yeah, and I thought it really tied in well with. There's a quote at the end of the book. They kept quoting a, a, a passage from the New Testament, like Matthew mm. something, mm -hmm. and I never like. I was like, I'm not gonna look that up because that's boring. Right. I thought um, the same thing. <laughs> but luckily, at the end. I think they um, quoted it. It says, a man's foes shall be they of his own household, which I thought was kind of Ooh. A, a similar kind of thing where it's yeah. like, um, and it's just kind of interesting that sometimes saying that maybe the people that we live with are the ones that actually 
can sometimes be the ones who turn against us, I guess. Right. Which is so unfortunate and so sad. Like you would never – like logically, you wouldn't think that like the people that are closest to you and that love you the most and that you love would be the ones to hurt you. But oftentimes that's the case, which is so sad. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think sometimes like we're we're better to other people than we are to our own family, which – Mm-hmm. I think it's something I have to remind myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, when I come home from work, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, don't talk to me. Um, even though I've tried to be nice to everybody, try to be nice to right. everybody at work the whole day. And it's like, I should I should turn that around somehow or try to be nice <laughs> right? to everybody, I guess. It can be hard though, because we're just like in this routine and it's hard. And then when we're like, when our routine breaks, like I think of this, I, I actually had this experience today. I took my son Maverick to the park. He's four. And his little friend that we were with ran up to me and was like, showing me stuff and like with, if Maverick did that I'd be like oh cool like cool rock cool stick but this boy was I was like oh that's so neat like where'd you find it and I realized like why don't I do this with my own kid like <laughs> just you know I'm so used to Maverick showing me sticks and rocks and things that it's not exciting anymore but I want to like be nice to this other kid so I should do better at that um and so when so Gamash I'm just gonna say that name his like, say I don't know how yeah. to say it. um he was in conversation with Myrna who um, she was the one who was um, – she's like a bookseller. I think she used to be a psychologist, and she had decided to kind of change her life, and she now she lives in this tiny village. Um, they discuss the idea of still lives, which is where the name the book gets its name, I think. Um, it's people who have stopped making improvements or progressing and are placing their locus of control outside of themselves, and they're waiting for other people to act. What did you think about that description or – that was my favorite part of the whole book, actually. I loved – it's Myrna. Is it Myrna? Can I say Myrna? So I I fell in love with her. The first time I think she's mentioned, she makes these big bouquets, you know? And they're like – I think the first bouquet had like branches that still had apples on them and like a sausage and like just – they were like these big elaborate things. And so I immediately just fell in love because that's just like a kooky fun thing that I would like be really into. Um, so I really liked her. So I paid really close attention whenever she was – um, there and when yeah her and Gamash were in her bookstore talking about that and um, I actually wrote down can I read this quote that I found or that I read from her so she said life is loss and most of us are okay with change if it I can't read my handwriting if it was our idea but change imposed from the outside can send us into a tailspin Life is lost, but out of that comes freedom. If we accept that nothing is permanent, change is inevitable. If we can adapt, we're going to be happier. And then she just talked about how still life, everyone, it's just people um, who are waiting for someone to save them. People, she said, people love their problems and it gives them an excuse to not progress and grow up and get on with life. But she said the uh, people love their problems, but their problems are theirs and if they want to fix it the solution is also theirs and I really liked that I found that to be like super profound especially with experiences that I've had in my life like uh you're kind of I've and I had actually a really good talk with my husband Mike about this because I wanted to know what he thought of it if he agreed with all of that and we talked about how yeah we have a lot it's up to us we have the problems and we have the solutions, but also there's a lot of bad things in life that are out of our control that happen. So I don't think it applies to everyone in every situation. Not everyone's trying to live a still life and and holding back because of fear and stuff. Some really bad things happen and people can't move forward right away or mm-hmm. have a hard time. So it was actually like a great conversation. I It's something that I've been thinking about ever since I read it. What did you think? Yeah, no, that's – I thought it was just a really interesting way of thinking about it. Um I, I didn't I had never because I, I know people in my life who um, who I feel like would I, I would describe as not making sort of not making the choices that I would make. And in my opinion, it's like not taking ownership for their life. And I feel like their life as a result is stagnant and they're not progressing in ways that I think that they could. Um, and not to say that, like, I'm better than them or something, but. I think I think there's there's probably, there's probably always times where maybe we kind of take a break and aren't progressing. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, much more profound than I, I'm used to in a, in a murder mystery novel. I right. Well, say. okay. So after I read this too, I wanted to learn. I love 
I love to learn about the author after I read a story because I just I like to write and I and I would hate it if someone judged my writing about if they knew me like beforehand like if that would influence their decision or like maybe it'd be good but maybe bad so I always if I don't know about an author I read their book and then I look them up so after I read this I looked her up Louise Penny and she actually they say that she writes these murder mysteries but they're actually not about murder at all they're about like community and life and friendship and I really like that. I, I haven't seen that like in another, like all I basically read is murder mysteries and I've never seen that before. This book, you could really tell, like it was just, it was a beautiful story. I really loved it. Yeah, that's great. We actually had an Instagram um, comment from um, C. Jane So that she loves this book series. Um, she says she is the best at capturing the depth of human nature, how we can be both marvelously selfless and selfish species mm -hmm. and the bevy of emotions that come along with living. And I was like very excited. So yeah. um, very interesting. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Like if you haven't read it yet, like you've like I'm sure everyone that's listening to this has read it because it's full of spoilers, but I really – it created this whole beautiful, whimsical, sad, interesting picture. And the characters, like – I think I texted someone – I had some of my friends read this along with me so I could talk about it with them too. And I one of them texted me and said, like, I just want to be friends with all these characters. Like, they're all just so interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So – um Actually, let's talk about a few of the characters. So I thought maybe we could start with Jane, who's the murder victim, mm -hmm. Jane Neal. Mm -hmm. um, we really don't get to know, like, I think there's a, like, half of a chapter where she's alive and, and, and mm -hmm. speaking to us. Um, but we mostly get to know her through her community um, as they talk about her. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Jane? I loved Jane when we first met her because I just could think of her as like my little old grandma. Like she just said like this sweet little loving lady that lived in the woods. Like, um, and as we got to learn more about her after she was killed, I was so confused by her. I like, do you want me to talk about, can I talk about like the end of the story stuff or just like, yeah, yeah. We can so talk about the end. just like with the, the painting thing, you know, the story is like these artists and they're having this art show and Jane never lets anyone see her art. And then when she presents it to them, it's kind of like described as stick figures, right? But it's kind mm -hmm. of like ever, most people hate it, but like it's kind of awkward. Like some people are like, maybe it's kind of okay and magical in a way. Um, So that like, that really threw me once I, because I was really expecting this magnificent piece of art. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how I feel about it. What about you? I was thinking about that and I really wish that we could like that we got a way to see her art, you know, because uh -huh. I mean, it's a book. So they're just describing it. Um, it sounds really interesting because at the same like they say they call it stick figureish, They call it childish. Um, but at same, the same time, they could recognize themselves in the characters. Yeah. So it seems like somehow she had a talent for being able to capture like the essence of a person like in a stick figure, which seems kind of interesting. Um yeah, I can't but maybe she was able to just out. kind of like download, like sort of just download their them to like sort of like a like their simplest form, kind of. They could, she could, Ooh, and I think kind yeah. of she could kind of see them maybe for what they were, and they recognize themselves in that work. Right. It was super interesting. It's still like one well, too about like her whole house having the her niece covered it all up with the wallpaper, but how the whole house had pictures drawn everywhere. Yeah. I was just so confused about all that and why she would never let anyone pass her kitchen to see it. Like, why did she keep it so hidden? Was she ashamed of it? But they said she was so excited when she got it, you know, the art exhibit mm -hmm. got selected for that. So why do you think she wouldn't let people see it? Yeah. I mean, I think so, because I also talk about like um, her niece at the end is kind of saying how their whole family thought she was crazy and they didn't like kind of the outcast. And I wonder if she was just internalizing a lot of messages. Um, and so was ashamed because of that reason. Um, but it is kind of weird that she, like she, it's weird that she used her house as her canvas other than maybe that's, I don't know. That's, that is kind of weird. I, I, I kind of wondered if she didn't have, um, 
I don't know if she was just kind of different. I don't know. She's very interesting. But she was also like she was the one who like her she was engaged to be married and secretly and then her then Ruth told on her to her parents and they cut off the marriage whatever they they essentially separated them so I wondered if she was just really sheltered her whole life and so and then if they're not being nice to her if they're telling her that she's worthless maybe that's kind of where she internalizes that shame right but they said I think there was a line in the book that said Jane shared everything with everyone except for her art so it's weird that a person could be so you know like one way with one thing and then just with the art I, 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 like it honestly still like I think about it sometimes like it's still and that's what a really good story does to you it makes you like continue thinking about it and it doesn't resolve everything so I like I like it for that but I also I'm like ah Jane who were you <laughs> <laughs> I know and it's sad that we really will never know I mean mm-hmm. because her she wasn't able to basically share why um yeah. And I, th- I think the book actually did a really good job of that because I was like, I knew obviously, like the first opening line is somebody's dead. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it even names the murder victim. So you know who it is. But um, it's like, still, I wish I would have known like what, what, because she invited everybody over for a cocktail party after the opening of the oh, right. exhibit and all that stuff. It's just like, oh, what was she, what would she have done had, you know, what was her plan for the reveal of her artwork to everyone and all that kind of a thing? Yeah. Oh, it's so complicated. Maybe she was just crazy. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so did you know who was the murderer right off the bat? Um, I figured it out. I had my suspicions when – um, what's her name? Clara. Was it Clara who went to the house when Ben was there taking down the wallpaper? When Ben was there – and going it wasn't even when he was like there in the middle of the night like but when he was helping earlier when he was going so slow i thought he was going so slow because there was something that he was trying to like keep covered up yeah and that's when i was like ah ben did it what about you (laughs) yeah so i will i will say disclaimer i have read a couple other books in this series so it doesn't matter so much they say it doesn't matter which um order you read them in but Mm. i do know like some people were not in jail like in the rest of the series so i i was already able to narrow it down a little bit more but i i was Mm -hmm. still i was i wasn't settled i mean he was definitely an option but i i was still open to um her niece and and i thought that like the crofts the matthew and philippe i thought that was sort of a um like a red herring or like sort of a thing to make us get confused but I was like, there still could be a situation. Where, like, I, I still figured, I thought it could maybe tie its way back around. And I wasn't sure, like, her, I guess it would be her great nephew, mm-hmm. Bernard or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. He was, like, such a little punk. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I thought maybe he was involved, but I wasn't sure. So, but I think, I definitely once they started, you're right, like, taking off the wallpaper, he was being so slow. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. unless there's another reason, he's got to be prime suspect right and that was sad too like I felt bad for him like him and Clara kind of had like this close relationship and it was so bizarre it's just like anyone is capable of anything right right I it was kind of interesting because Gamash calls him out like and he and Gamash says this was one of his mistakes is he said Ben how long have you been in love with Clara and I I agree I thought that his behavior did seem to um indicate that he had this burning flame for Clara. I don't know if mm-hmm. you thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I felt like he was a jealous guy. Like, I felt like he, Peter got the girl and Ben was, like, just this loner that lived next door or around the corner or wherever. Uh, yeah, it was sad. It made me sad when it was, well, and, you know, they make you feel, the author made you feel like Clara went to her house and was confronting Peter because she was like, I love you. And you're like, wait, it was? It was Peter? And then, um, which which would have been just fine, but too obvious. Uh, so it was really surprising when it was Ben. It kind of made me sad. The whole thing made me sad because I fell in love with all these characters for different reasons. Like this wasn't your typical murder where you're like, yeah, there's so many bad guys and like one dead guy. And you just kind of love everyone. Yeah. 
Well, it's kind of interesting. So I don't know if you are actually I think I do know because I think I might have seen things that you've read and recommended but Mm -hmm. there's like this the type of mystery called a cozy mystery and Mm -hmm. it's like the ones where like on the front cover is like a cat or like a pie or (laughs) like a knitting you know like a (laughs) ball of yarn or something yeah 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 This is kind of like a cozy mystery in the sense that you are surrounded by this warmth and this like community that really comes together. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it didn't feel like a, it didn't feel the same as a typical cozy, cozy mystery that's, you know, where everybody mm-hmm. goes to book club together and. Right. It really was. Uh, yeah. I'm, it was. Okay. So when I first started reading, the town was called Three Pines, right? Um, I wanted to live there. It sounded just like this beautiful Canadian, like woodsy. Yeah. And I love like the fall weather. Like it just sounded magical till people started dying. But I um, I really wanted to live there. And so that was like a cozy aspect of it. But then at the same time, it was, I don't know. You're right. It wasn't like a typical, well, I feel like a lot of those cozy stories are wrapped up nicely, like a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the bad guy gets caught, but this was much more complex, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it still had that warm feeling to a certain extent, but it was, yeah, it was more cerebral, probably more made me think more than I would Mm -hmm. normally. And I like that though. I think that the author was just brilliant. Like, I think it takes a lot to be able to write something that's powerful and suspenseful and sad, but like so happy. Mm -hmm. Like I loved it. Like, I'm so glad we read this book. I'm really glad you liked it. And I'm glad, um, yeah. So you said you also write. And what do mm-hmm. you write? Uh, just everything. Like my dream would be to just like publish books about, I don't know, I, I like to write everything. I have a really hard time writing dialogue and like having a conversation just with, there's so much punctuation and like paragraphs and like rules and I don't, you know, I don't like to, I just want to write and then have someone else edit it for me. I guess I could do that, right? Um, yeah. But I like to write. I have a lot of, uh, I actually took a writing class recently. Um, I can't remember the guy's name that I took it from. It was like an online course. But it changed a lot of my ideas about writing. And he talks about how you can give your readers candy. And he means it like, it's a little piece of the story that does, it's not super relevant to the story, but it just kind of connects it to something else. And it's something that like people would want to talk to their friends about like, oh, did you, yeah, in this book, they put that in. And you remember that, like that happened in history or like just little pieces of candy. And so when he said that, I've actually been, and he said to never um, pass up like a, a story or a thought, like if you see something interesting or have a thought about it, or like I could write that to to write it down and so now whenever I'm like out and about like if I see a random person I can like make up a backstory for them and I want to write like a murder with like all of them together or something like I just like to write I just like to you know me Catherine like I could talk forever I don't run out of things to say my brain's always going and so I just like to have that outlet so I'm kind of working on a murder story right now but really yeah but I mean it's really easy to write like a paragraph or five but like then I'm like oh my gosh like 300 pages how does someone write 300 pages so I guess a paragraph at a time yeah I know right well that's what they're like they're like write a word and then a sentence and a paragraph and your paragraphs will turn into chapters and I'm like oh my gosh I don't I don't have enough like uh, I don't know well I'm really excited that sounds really really cool I'm I'm super jealous I have always (laughs) thought it would be fun to be a writer but like like in the same way that it would be fun to like be an Olympic figure skater figure skater and the fact that i can't do it would be so cool to like you know you should try gold medal. you know what but the more you try the better you get like honestly when i i take i try to write every day like a paragraph or a sentence just like think of a prompt and write something and when i do that consistently it's so much easier like you should yeah. just try that i'm gonna text you a prompt and have you write a paragraph for me i think that'd be a really fun thing that's great and you you've always been so clever too i remember you used to make up songs oh, about stop. our roommates and like it was like like this little it was really cute and really fun very um morale boosting it oh my goodness yeah those those were the days I just I like to make up stories <laughs> so what did you think about Yolande I mean she was she was kind of a piece of work the niece yeah I didn't yeah. like her at all there's a few characters that I just didn't like Yolande was just kind of like well and it wasn't just Yolande it was like her husband and son 
like who the mm -hmm. heck like why are they so grumpy and like their evil laugh like <laughs> that's yeah like <laughs> but I love it that like the father and son both had it and how um <laughs> was it Clara that walked up to her at the um where they were eating just so she could hear the boy laugh to see if it was him that was throwing stuff I I love that I was like <laughs> What? Of course, like father, like son. They're just like these horrible people with these maniacal laughs. I loved it, but I didn't That's like awesome. them. But there was a few. I don't know. What did you think about her? Were there characters that you super loved and ones that you didn't like at all? Um, I so I think I think Clara got a lot of screen time, and so I like I but I really liked her, and I I could identify with her um, a lot, um, and I. So, and I could understand like, you know, cause Jane, the murder victim was mm -hmm. like a mother figure to her. And so, um, I could just sort of empathize with the idea of, you know, having this huge loss in your life and then how do you, and then her husband, Peter, well-meaning, mm -hmm. I think, but didn't know how, as lots of us don't, I don't know how to cope and help her heal and mm -hmm. um, I could just totally kind of see how how that rift could um, form mm -hmm. over something like that. What did you think about their son? Or that's not them. The sorry, Suzanne and Philippe. Oh, and the Crofts. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about them? The um, so I thought that was really an interesting story um, because you could just kind of see like the sorrow that Matthew and Suzanne, the mom and dad, had that their family was just being torn apart. They didn't know how to help him. Like his, like, like teenagers often do, he was pulling away. Um, and, and then like, and the fact like they were just like so poor, I mean, you know, you just could see the poverty and, and the struggle. And I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting too. Cause a lot of times these cozy villages are, you know, they're portrayed as like, oh, everybody helps everybody and everybody feeds everyone else. And it's like, well, actually, there's a lot of poverty out there, too, in these little communities, just as there are in larger communities. Um, and I thought I kind of had wondered because at the end, essentially, it um, indicates that Philippe, perhaps it sounds like he's gay. Um, mm -hmm. They didn't confirm it, but from what this, how they yeah, phrased it. That surprised me. You Did you suspect that early on? I wondered, um, well, I wondered because, so at the very beginning, um, one of the things that Jane does that makes people think, or that was maybe thought people were reacting to is she um, interrupts three young teenagers who are um, smearing the cafe who's, that's owned by a gay couple um, with like feces. Um, mm -hmm. And so... I, I was like, because sometimes I, I have seen where um, people who are gay themselves and are struggling to come to grips with what that is, they can turn inward on self-loathing and, and um, kind of attack other gay people because of their own self-loathing. So I kind of did wonder at was, some point, I think, I think I wondered when it was like, because after they figure out that Philippe didn't kill anybody, the dad, Matthew, goes in and says, like, is there, like, like, tell me what's wrong. Like, something is obviously wrong. Like, I just want to be mm -hmm. your dad. Um, and it's like, well, he wanted to tell him, but he he couldn't ever tell him. And I was like, I wonder, that's kind of when I thought he might have been gay. Right. Yeah, that's, when I felt, I loved it at the end, too, because didn't, um, is it Gabri and Olivier, they invited him to come and work in their cafe so they could yeah. like, watch over him. I love that. Like, that was sweet. Like what a yeah yeah I have a soft spot in my heart for the gay community and so I just loved I I had no idea though the whole book like about Philippe like no clue I just thought he was like they talked a little bit in the book about like marijuana fields um mm. being out and I was like oh I think Philippe's like in the drug trade like I had like figured yeah. out that he was like <laughs> harvesting marijuana in the woods <laughs> yeah but yeah no idea that he was gay until the end yeah that was interesting what did you think about um, Olivier and Gabri or Gabe, however you say his name. I looked up how to say it and it, I would sound stupid if I had a French accent and try to say it. So we can just call him Gabri okay. <laughs> um, or good. whatever. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I wanted to just, yeah, I, I want to know more about them, honestly. Like they, 
they were kind of just like there a little bit. I don't think feel like they were huge players in this story. They were just like these fun, uh, fun people to have around. Um, very warm and like have a meal, like come in, have a meal, like we'll take care of you. That's the impression that I got. But then they mm-hmm. also kind of had like, they were very different from each other, right? I'm trying to remember which one was which. Um, yeah, so I think interesting. Yeah, I think Gabri was the one who was the cook. He was the chef. Mm-hmm. And I think Olivier was, I'm saying it wrong. But anyway, I think he was the one who loved the antiques. Like yeah, he was, yeah. and I think he owned, he was, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they we didn't get to know them maybe as deeply as some mm-hmm. of the other characters because they weren't as central. Yeah. What did you, um, so at the end, also they, they asked Gamash if that if he, he ever suspected them of murder and Gamash says oh yeah you've seen enough hatred towards other people or something that you wouldn't murder what did you think about that yeah I really like that immediately I was like oh like obviously like people were discriminating against them for being a gay couple and like yeah I think Gamash just spent you've dealt with this probably ever since people knew that you were a couple and or you know just gay And someone that's been through so much torment and abuse and sadness couldn't or wouldn't be like the most likely murder, murder. Right. Is that what you got from it? Yeah, I did. And I guess, I don't know, because I felt like on the one hand, yeah. um, Like, I think people who see a lot of sadness and cope with it, like, well, Mm Mm-hmm don't want to inflict other people. But I would also argue that some people who have been victims turn around and victimize other people too. So, um, so I don't know, I guess I don't know that I kind of felt like that was a little too wrapped up in a bow for me, Mm -hmm. but, um, but I'll give it to them because they're really cute little, I mean, they're, they're, they seem like a cute couple and they have a beautiful cafe bistro that I would like to go to and eat their food I know right like it just seems so warm and cozy in the book like come in and have a drink I'm like I could go to three pines <laughs> totally but yeah I agree with you I thought that was actually a little bit out of um it was kind of a little bit bizarre that she the author uh put that in there because it was kind of a non-essential little like random thing Olivia was just like hey did you ever suspect us like you could have done it without it in the story but I think it was they wanted to you know wrap everything up with Philippe and I don't know, just make like a pretty picture. But, you know, I think anyone's capable of anything. So I wouldn't put it past them in the future. But And I want to ask you about Ruth. What did you think about Ruth? I thought she was horrendous. (laughs) I know, she was real crotchety. And I (laughs) was like, there's more to this woman than we are seeing here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another thing is this is a series. And so I think potentially as you go in, maybe you can, will learn more about these different people. Um, cause I was thinking in my head, like, what is making her this way? You know, they talk about when Ruth first comes to the community and comes to school, um, Jane, who's the dead woman had come when they were little girls together, had basically welcomed her into the school and had been like a friend when she needed one. Um, I guess I just have to think like she has just seen like what makes her so angry. And then the fact that she right. is the one who, um, who essentially tattled, you know, about yes, the, I mean, that was, yeah, that was really annoying to me. I was like, oh, that's annoying. Um, so I just have to feel like she's somebody who has seen a lot of darkness and, mm-hmm. um, is t- kind of maybe taking it out on the people by her grumpy attitude. Right. And she like, they talk about in the book, like she enjoys it. Like she loves to poke and prod when she's like, knocking her cane on the ground like the I think it was the, like one of the first times she meets Gamash and she's like banging her cane he's like don't you ever bang that at me again like yeah she was, just, she was off-putting but you know who else okay how did you feel about Nicole the yes okay I did not like her at all she bothered me what did you think yeah she was like such a I like I guess I felt bad for her because I felt like she didn't understand how Gamash really wanted to help her succeed and yeah. so she ended up sabotaging herself 
by assuming that everybody's against her. It's so it's like she'll do the opposite of everything that anyone's going to tell her to do because she assumes nobody is on her side and that people are out to get her. Right. Which well, I guess just, is just a reflection of herself. Yeah. It was super bizarre and how just how like this was her first investigation and like to go into it and like here you have these people that are trying to help her and for her to just always just be this annoying little like when they go to was it at the Crofts house? The Crofts or um, the Morrows? Uh, it was, was the Crofts. Was it? Oh, was it the Crofts? Yeah, and I think it was the Crofts. they tell her not to say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. And the first thing she does is like ask a question and it's just like she's like i was just being polite and they're like this is a murder investigation like don't like, be polite like we're getting and clues. since when have you been polite you've been rude to everybody else <laughs> I know, like right? now you're gonna start okay i was so mad she really so the first time that we saw her or well, one of the first times she was bringing she was picking up gamash to go to three pines and she brought him she did her research and knew like the drink and the uh breakfast that he wanted and brought that to him and i'm like oh like what a great little like they're gonna be a great little duo but no, she was just annoying the whole time. Yeah. Well, she was just, I was trying to think like what made her tick? And it was just complete selfishness, like mm-hmm. always thinking about herself. Um, I mean, she, and just, and obtuse, like it was so funny. She, when she washed her, oh, okay. She turned on the water and pretended to wash her hands after she went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. Okay. That is disgusting. <laughs> Okay, wash your hands, lady. Catherine's a biologist. (laughs) Yeah, but no, really, that was like, yeah, she was off. (laughs) And then when she was doing that, she saw the mirror and it said, there's a sticker on it. It was at Ruth's house and it said, you're looking at the problem. And she like (laughs) couldn't figure out that the mirror was talking about like yourself in the mirror. Right, whoever's looking at it. Oh, yeah. She was, oh, it's like making me like enraged again. Like, how, how can you be so foolish? Like, you've got Gamash. Like, I loved him. Gamash was like the sweetest like little guy and I just loved him. And here he is trying to help this girl and he can see those good qualities in her. But at the same time, he's like, she's hopeless. And like even uh, the other guy, like Beauvoir, was just like always annoyed with her. And like he would whip out his notepad to take notes, like even when – Nicole had been asked to do it because he was like, she's crazy. Like, she's not going to take notes. And then yeah. how she didn't find out about the other will. She just yeah. said she called. That's irresponsible oh. policing. I know. <laughs> she like, should be arrested for obstruction of justice. What a horrible detective. Like, I oh, she had so much hope, you know? I know. Um, and I just thought about, like, you know, because when they by the time they got to the house, Jane's house, you know, Yolande had covered up all the quote-unquote evidence Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't know it was evidence, but still, she was ruining essentially mm-hmm. the story. Um, oh, if, if if they had been able to find out about the will earlier, they might have been able to get into the house earlier. Yeah, it just right? made everything horrible. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. That whole thing, but also like, ah, you just like you want to like her, like you want to root for her. Like, that's why all the characters in this whole book, like. Everyone had good and bad qualities, and I just, like, mm-hmm. usually in a murder story, you know, you have, like, a bunch of, like, little extra people that you don't really dive into, but they talked a lot about all these characters, yeah. and I don't know. It was so good. Like, I loved it, but Nicole drove me bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she is really interesting, and I was reading about, like, because I was kind of looking up just what people had said about this book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things people were saying is that she's a very controversial character. Um, and so, and I don't know, are you, do you think you'll be reading any more of this series? Yeah. Oh, of course I would love to. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't realize it was part of a series. So that will be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to think if you, if she comes up in again, I don't, I, I don't yes, remember. Yes. You've read does. them. Does she come on? <laughs> I think at least in one of the ones, I think she's there. I don't know if and I can't remember. Probably because it was like, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. I don't remember. I was just gonna make more details. mean comments about her. <laughs> she probably makes an appearance from jail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Aww. wasn't a huge fan, but no, I I love these books. I'd read another one for sure. And I I loved Gamash. I thought he was just darling, like a very just like sweet guy. And it was funny too when he was afraid to climb the blind. I thought that was so interesting. Like, Oh yeah. What like an interesting, like, I don't know. I just don't see a detective being afraid of heights. 
It just seems, but I guess detectives aren't always up on heights. It just shocked me for his personality, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And I think, and I wonder how old he really is. I mean, he, it's kind of, it kind of describes him as being older, but I mean, he's still obviously like mm-hmm. climbing blinds and, and working um, on the police force. But yeah, I, I don't know. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, to oh, give he probably him something. is younger. I just made up in my head that he was a little old man. <laughs> no, well, I think he. Well, I think, I think he is older. I think he's not like, like he's they not said like. He had gray he hair. Had, yeah, so I think he's older. Do you know who I pictured him looking like? Because I talked about his gray hair and his mustache the whole book. I was like, he's like Tom Selleck. Like that's what I Ooh. thought the entire. Like that's how I picture him, and that's I love good. Tom Selleck. So I think I'm just like, Gamache is Tom Selleck, like in Canadian detective form. <laughs> I liked it. Well, yeah. Fun. It was sweet. I was trying to think of there was something else. Oh yeah, it was uh the prayer circle. Okay. I how did you feel about that? What did you think about that? I thought that was really neat. I mean, I kind of was like, that's the kind of funeral that I want to have. I like, loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought that was so sweet. They went and, like took a stick, right? And they all tied ribbons around with all of the things and they like blew in the wind. Yeah. I thought that was whimsical. Yeah. I would want my cool. friends to do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you Thank don't you, ever Catherine. die. Right. But if you die grade. before me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you make sure they do a – it doesn't have to be a prayer circle. It doesn't need to be like spiritual, but just like tie my favorite things on a ribbon in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was – yeah, because – and didn't they like before they did that, they like circled the park kind of like in a marching way a couple times mm-hmm. or something? Like, I feel like they kind of did like a ritual – what do you yeah. think about ritual in general? I think ritual can be interesting. <laughs> I love – so I'm kind of like a superstitious person. And I think that kind of goes along with rituals, um, right? Like that can kind of yeah. go along together. So I feel I don't like um, being told what to do or like you have to do this or else this will happen or whatever. But I I love like honoring people and finding unique and beautiful ways to – um, just celebrate people. This year, I I had a lot of friends die, like my young close friends from super like tragic situations. Just it could mm, have been avoided. Like tough. it was horrible. Oh. So I think after that, even like looking up, like thinking about these friends, and I've come up. I don't know if ritual is the right word, but there's certain things that I do now in my life, like that remind me of them that I think about and. Uh, I love it. Like, it's a beautiful way to remember a person, and it's, um, I don't know, it's comforting. It's comforting to have, mm-hmm. like, a, a routine. Like, it's not a superstition. I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, so here's an example. So um, one of my friends who passed away was from my hometown, and she died during a surgery. And I went out to coffee with her sister uh, when I was home last, who's a good friend of mine also, and we went to Starbucks. And so now whenever I see Starbucks, I think of my friend who passed away because it was just like this beautiful like thing. And another of my friends who passed away um, lived down the street from me. And every time I drive past their house, they have this beautiful like tree. They don't live there anymore, but um, they have this beautiful tree. And I went the other day and I cut off a bunch of branches that were hanging over the side of the fence. And I brought them home and made a little bouquet of them. Mm. And it was just like a beautiful like little reminder of my friend. So I think like, I think it's super healthy and super good for healing and for people to come together. I'm all for it. What do you think? I have, I have a, I'm also a little bit superstitious. I feel like. Are you um, really? Tell me all the yeah. things. What are you superstitious well, about? I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'm, maybe superstition isn't the exact right word, but I, I do sometimes think that I, I guess I, this is really like so unscientific of me, but <laughs> I kind of wish that like magic was real. And so like sometimes I just like, mm-hmm. I pretend that it is. I is love that, that. Weird. So like, that's how I, I feel like superstition. It's like, like I would just really like to live in a world where magic is real. And so sometimes I'm just going to like pretend in my head that there's really somebody out there performing magic or I don't know. A lot of times you only get into a book or something like Harry Potter, of course. Yes. You always wish that was real. But I, I do think there's something about just doing something for the sake of, um, not for the act itself, but of what it reminds you of or um, 
letting, you know, I try to do like yoga and stuff like that. And so trying to let it um, take you a little bit further than just the actions, but try to think about things or give it a bigger meaning. I'm not very good at it, but I think it is important. Yeah, no. And when you were saying that, I was thinking too, like I honestly, you know, people used to say like meditate and do yoga and you can like, you know, like fill your inner self and like, and I was always like, okay, whatever. But then I started doing those things totally. (laughs) Like I feel so centered and connected when I like meditate or I did Pilates for a while and that was fun. But then like my balance isn't very good. So it wasn't super fun. (laughs) But like when I did do it, I felt just so grounded and centered and I love what you said too about magic I um have the same thing this is I have to make sure my husband can't hear me in the other room he always gets so funny when I talk about the stars because I'm always like the stars have power and whenever I like want to send a friend like a message I'm always like I'm sending you all my thoughts through the stars like Mm -hmm. I don't you know I don't believe that the stars could like pass messages on but like kind of I believe in magic so I'm like it could happen um that's my husband's like you are so bonkers I'm like yes So before we end this episode, I'd like to leave our listeners with a recommendation. Um, And I've always, I'm going to ask my guests, um, Malin, do you have any recommendations that you'd like to share with our listeners? It could be anything. could be books, could be movies, could be. Wow. Okay. So definitely um, anything Mary Higgins Clark is my favorite forever. Um, her earlier stuff is fun. She has like a few um, Christmas ones, which would be fun to read during Christmas. But all of her stuff is super clean and I love it. She's my favorite. Um, I also love James Patterson and his NYPD Red series. I recommend that to everyone. And my favorite series right now is um, the Royal Spinus series by Reese Bowen. And they're about this uh, girl, Georgie. She's 34th in line to the throne. She's like the king's cousin. And um, her family, it was like in 1930 London, her like the Great Depression, her family's lost all this money. So she's like royalty, but like she's poor. So she has to kind of like figure things out on her own. She doesn't have a maid to draw her bath. And anyways, but she solves crimes. And they're super adorable. There's like 14 books out, I think. I highly recommend them to everyone. They're super easy reads and super fun. And then if you're like me and love a good crime, right now my obsession is the Crime Junkie podcast and um, also the S-Town podcast. Yeah, I have. I have to they made a new car. season of, of S-Town or is it just, is it just the, it's the it's one just season? I think it's just the one. Yeah, but then they also have um, – those are from the creators of Serial, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, and then there's another one, the season one of Up and Vanished. That podcast was amazing. I love the um, the what are you guys called? Podcasters? Is that the correct yeah? Term? Oh yeah, that's the that's what we are. Um, <laughs> Payne Lindsay uh, does the Up and Vanish series, and that was the first uh, crime podcast that I listened to, and I just fell in love with like his storytelling. It was just so amazing. Everyone should listen to season one of Up and Vanished. The best. That's awesome. I'm not really good at like other recommendations for things. I just read crime. <laughs> I love that. That's really great. Um, I've actually, so side note, I think I saw you recommend once on your Instagram or something, the, the, mm-hmm. the Royal Spinus series. Mm-hmm. And so I tried it out and I thought they were really cute. Um, I like them. They're really fun. And actually, um, so I have become a little bit obsessed with the Royal family. And I also <gasps> yes. attribute that to you because I think you posted <gasps> something about like Kate Middleton and I was like oh, I should look her up and then like it's just become my escape because it's not like I just keep telling myself it's not real like princesses and stuff like that's like fairy tales oh it's so real Catherine I know but it's like <laughs> it's just my way of like escaping you know politics and craziness yeah. I'm like oh let's just see what beautiful dress that they wore yeah. or their cute adorable children and such so yes why don't we talk about this all the time I could talk about Princess Kate and for a while I was really upset about Meghan Markle coming and stepping on her turf but now like I'm like Meghan is like where is that oh I'm obsessed I could yeah Meghan is podcast like them. a rock star yeah they're both rock stars and I think you know like Kate probably is happy to share the limelight because I don't know that they right. love the limelight honestly but Anyway, totally. Oh, so I, I, I attribute that, up. that to you. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I like that you like that. And 
that you read a few of the royal spinas. They're just so charming. Yeah, I, I love that. It's fun. What about you? What do you like to read? So or recommend. I'm going to recommend a non-book. So it's, I'm actually going to recommend something to eat and food. <gasps> like, this is exciting. Just lately, um, I have, yeah, food has is hard sometimes, you know, when you're like, eating the same thing over and over again and you just need like a pick-me-up and we're getting into fall um but we're not quite there yet like it's not quite cold so the soups i've been trying to make some soups but it's just like not quite soup weather so i'm recommending two salads that you can get takeout just because takeout is a special treat for me i try to save my money and bring my work my own lunch to work um but the salad that i make at home is not as good as like a salad that is prepared. So my go-to salad at Panera Bread is the modern Greek salad with quinoa. It is vegetarian, which I try to eat less meat in general. I'm not a vegetarian. I still eat steak and meat and all that stuff. But um, but it also has Kalamata olives, which my favorite food. Um, and then I also, we re- recently had like this little work celebration where we went to pot bellies together and um, my boss bought us all lunch and I ordered the farmhouse salad, which is, has like chicken and bacon and blue cheese and a hard boiled egg. And it was just like so good. It's just reminded me that I need to indulge a little bit more and go out to eat occasionally and just get a good salad. So that's my recommendation. Listeners, what did you think of Still Life by Louise Penny? Who is your favorite character? And most importantly, what would you order at the bistro if you could? You can reach out to me at infinitelyprefera.book or at infinitelyprefera.book at gmail.com. If you'd like to hear more from Malin, you can follow her on Instagram at the, pre- the Pretend Gardener. Or if you are into mysteries, you can check out her murder mystery book club on Instagram at Mysteries with Malin. Next month's book will be Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. Invite a friend to read along with you and tune in to episode three, airing on November 15th. Thank you to those who have left reviews on iTunes. That really helps others find the show. If you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review or tell a friend why they should listen. I look forward to reading with you.